Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Kirschman, and really excited to start off the uh, Life in the Front Office partnership along with University of South Florida's Vinick Sport and Entertainment Management Program. We're going to be doing the USF Sports Biz Building the Next Generation series, and I'm fortunate enough to be joined by Michael Kelly, Vice President of Athletics at University of South Florida, as, as well as Ulander Wells, Senior Associate Athletic Director for Development. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jake. Glad to be with you. Thanks for having us, Jake. Now, you know, both of you have obviously extensive backgrounds, extensive experience, and, and I think it'd be great to kind of do a quick 30-second elevator pitch in terms of, you know, how you got to where you are, and I'm, I'm sure it'll last much longer than that. But, um, Michael, if you don't, don't mind starting off, kind of give us a little bit of insight as to, you know, where where the uh, career journey has led you to to this far? Well, sure. Uh, my uh, my journey is a little bit unorthodox and a lot more stops than, than some, but but it is somewhat unique and it has served me well. I've been honored to be the athletic director here at uh, at the University of South Florida for just under two years now. Um, but uh, really, it's it has been a long journey, and and really. Uh, when I was in graduate school down in the Miami area back in the uh, mid 90s, um, I always kind of looked ahead and, and thought that to be in kind of senior management type positions, it was going to be my strategy to try to get uh, as well rounded of experiences as I possibly could. And by that, I mean, maybe some on the internal side, the external side, and really a lot of my stops that I'll go through quickly uh, dealt a lot with mega events, which really allowed me to touch so many aspects of the business and obviously to to meet people from all sorts of aspects of the overall sports industry. So long story short, I've been a, I was a started off in ticket sales and ticket operations for the Florida Marlins. I moved on to be a marketing intern for them. I was a communications director for a, for the CarQuest Bowl back in the mid nineties. I was a director of operations and facilities management for Wake Forest University during the Tim Duncan era. Uh, so that was a lot of fun, but also gave me an introduction and real uh, appreciation for event management because we would host Atlantic Coast Conference events or NCA events that really gave me a love for that kind of project management. And that's where it kind of led into a job as the executive director of the Final Four Organizing Committee for the 1994 event here in Tampa Bay. Um, I then was an associate AD at USF uh, under Leroy Selman where I oversaw all things external. So a lot of fundraising and marketing and, and communications. Uh, and then from, from there, I, I ran three different Super Bowl committees. Uh, I was the president for the one in Tampa in 2001. I was the president for the one in Jacksonville in 2005, and then also in Miami in 2007. So between that one Final Four, 1999, and those three Super Bowls, that's, again, where I really probably developed the, the greatest uh, overall project management appreciation for all things, uh, both internal and external of things. Once those projects were over with, I then uh, was spent six years at the Atlantic Coast Conference as their senior associate commissioner, starting off mostly just in charge of football, but I expanded to uh, broadcasting and communications oversight when we were uh, expanding, doing our television deal and going through a lot of different uh, conference expansions at the Atlantic Coast Conference during that time. And then in 2013, I moved on to become the chief operating officer of the college football playoff which kind of both was both a, an internal and external opportunity, a mega event opportunity, but, but again, senior management uh, type of experience, which then ultimately led me here to USF back in the uh, summer of uh, 2018. So long story short, it's been a great journey. I, I feel that the uh, 
internal and external experiences has allowed me to hopefully be an effective uh, manager and leader uh, in that I might not be an expert in any one aspect of the business, but I find myself to be quite proficient in all of them. And I think that's what helps me try to move our athletic department forward. And when this opportunity came up, the fact that I mentioned I was here earlier, I was here for different mega events here in the Tampa Bay area. So my love for the Tampa Bay market, my appreciation for USF for the opportunities earlier in my career, and then now really made it, uh, you, know, a, 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 you know, just one that was uh, personal to me and one that uh, uh, just meant, uh, just was very impactful to me to have the opportunity to come back here to University of South Florida. No, that's fantastic. I mean, you, you talk about the plethora of experiences, your network, I mean, has to be, how do you keep track of the names, right? The people that you've worked with along the way, and, and we'll dive into it a little bit in terms of, you know, how did you kind of utilize and, and maintain and grow your network over the years? Um, Yulander, you were, you were a student athlete. Um, you know, what was your journey after being a student athlete? Well, my journey is not typical of, every, of a majority of my peers and colleagues in uh, intercollegiate athletic is that I, I started out in the private sector um, working for Enterprise Rent-A-Car, but um, kind of simultaneously, I was doing some assistant coaching on the side since, uh, as soon as I graduated. So uh, that, was, that was fun for me. But I worked at Enterprise Rent-A-Car for six and a half years and was in the sales program and then kind of promoted my, got promoted throughout my time there all the way to being the accounting supervisor for the state of Indiana, which I was out in, in Indiana for uh, three years where I had a chance to um, lead all the accounting for the entire enterprise rental car group uh, there. And that, that consisted of the rental cars and the sale, the car sales branches as well. And then uh, I got an opportunity to go work for Angie's List as I was their accounting manager for Angie's List. And during my time there, it was probably 60 employees. And then by the time I left, we had went public. And then uh, now they're well into the thousands. You know, the, the accounting department there is about 120 people, which is larger than the organization that, uh, from when I was there. Uh, but I always have had an appreciation and interest in really being with young people and developing young people. And that started during my time in high school where I was a day camp counselor. And I was a day camp counselor every summer after I turned 15 years old because I enjoyed working with, with students, with kids. And so I did that even in the summers um, when I was in college working at the day camps in Chicago when I was able to go back home. So that's really a piece of my passion in terms of just working with young people, students and kids. Um, but then I had the fortunate opportunity um, of getting an opportunity to work in intercollegiate athletics at the University of Florida. And there is where my passion grew immensely for uh, intercollegiate athletics as I was the assistant controller for the athletic department in Gator Boosters. And in my capacity there, I was really uh, heavily involved with all of the finance and accounting and budgetary operations, but I was uniquely situated in that department because I was with the development staff for my entire time out. I was basically housed with all the development officers. Um, I was in all of their meetings. I was meeting with our CFOs at the foundation. So I've got a, I got a very good insight during that time of development, which ultimately to my position now, has helped me um, transition from being an internal focused person via accounting and finance 
to now being in development and administration. And so uh, over the last seven years here at USF, uh, I've had the opportunity to serve in multiple roles and multiple capacities. Um, and Michael gave me a great opportunity to uh, expand my breadth of knowledge and experience into development. And that's been tremendous for me in terms of being able to really see and identify how important it is to uh, generate the resources necessary to provide for our student athletes and coaches. Well, and you had the opportunity to network within the department and within the athletic department to ultimately move into different roles, you know, versus where Michael, um, you know, had many different roles kind of throughout his career journey thus far. Um, but then one front went from, you know, one stepping stone to the next to the next. As you guys think about um, those that you interact with, the, you know, within the industry or those that are trying to get into the industry, when you, when you talk about networking, it's, it, is, it is a vague term or it's a, uh, a term that's used a lot, right? And when you say, hey, go network with so-and-so, no one really tells you how, right? It's always uh, build your network, grow your network, uh, network with, with these five people but no one tells you how to network. So as you've, you know, you may not have known early on either, but as you've gone throughout your career thus far, when you look back, if you were to be able to give advice to someone on how to network and, and then ultimately how to strategize from the perspective of networking, knowing now what you do. And uh, Michael, we'll start with you in the sense that, you know, a lot of the jobs that you've held, you probably didn't apply for, right? You didn't, you didn't go online to apply for them. Um, but ultimately your network grew and, and probably continued to uh, evolve as, as you got uh, one opportunity after another. Did you have a strategy uh, from the beginning or did it kind of just all fall into place for you? Well, looking back, it was probably more strategic than I thought about it at the time. I guess my, my best uh, advice I would give uh, knowing what I know now and that I think served me well was that you certainly want to be able to meet and be able to expand your network as much as possible as you described. But to me, it's got to be, it's got to be authentic. Uh, and, 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 you know, you don't want to overdo it. You, you know, you can't uh, manufacture a relationship. You can, you can only try to build it in time. And, and uh, you don't want to be a nuisance to someone you're meeting for the first time. And you don't want to uh, uh, kind of outwear your welcome, so to speak. So on a, on a more traditional networking side, I would just say that you've got to let it, like 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 basketball players will say, you got to kind of let the game come to you a little bit. Uh, you certainly want to uh, expand and be uh, be outward about things, but you got to you got to let the game kind of come to you. But what what I mean by being authentic though is I think my network kind of definitely grew organically in that every step along the way or every event that I went to or volunteered for, or interned for, or ultimately worked, I tried to let my own uh, my own work speak for itself and and to try to try to treat each other's like like good partners like good teammates and so by the end of the day your network kind of grows they'll, they'll help you build your own reputation because you're just kind of known as someone that's conscientious someone that uh, gets things done someone that's friendly and, and and good to work with and those were all things that were important to me and and i think that uh, i think a lot of opportunities came my way because when when people look and if they even if they don't know you if they go to people that you have worked with or people that they trust ultimately they kind of scour their mind for people that they think will uh, uh, would, would fit a certain opportunity. And if you have that kind of reputation uh, and can deliver on that reputation, that's where I think it's worked best for me. Well, and you mentioned the reputation piece. I mean, you Lander, you've created a reputation for yourself within multiple roles within the athletic department. 
Can you touch on kind of how you've maybe strategically networked within the athletic department? Not only a lot of people think about the networking as like the next thing for their job or who's going to help them get the next step. But really for you, you know, you, you mentioned you started kind of in the financial role. You had to know a lot of people and a lot of different budgets and where they were all coming from and, and how um, people were, you know, being affected by uh, the week, the month and the year. So when you think about the networking piece, how did you go about internally networking? I think for me, um, it, you know, obviously time has, a, has a, a lot to do with that. So time helps. Uh, but I also think that because of my role at USF, um, I did not shy away from going into certain meetings because I wanted to make sure I knew and learned and understood what was happening within the entire organization. Because when I was a CFO, ultimately, uh, a lot of things do fall into that person's chair in terms of understanding how the allocation needs to happen to make sure you are able to uh, uh, move forward the athletic director's vision and the president's vision on how which ways they want to go with things. And so that was really part of, I wouldn't necessarily say strategy. I just always think of it being that way as when you're in that chair as the chief financial officer or in the business office, you should be attending the meetings of your colleagues to understand exactly what it is that they need and what they're trying to accomplish so that you can have an idea to prepare the budgets in a manner that suits them so that they can be successful um, and fits into the vision of what the athletic director and president is trying to accomplish with their coaches and the departments. So that's really how I, how I, um, I would say maneuvered. Um, I'd also say that Michael mentioned it being genuine and just being a good person. I mean, that's really just my natural inclination is to try to do well by people. And so if people know that you have their best interest at hand, and then it's not really about, it's not necessarily about what I'm trying to accomplish. It's really about trying to help them accomplish what they're trying to do. Most, most people are be open to uh, establishing or building a relationship with people like that um, because you're coming off genuine. You're, you're coming off in a manner uh, of trying to be uh, helpful. And so that's, that's how I always look at my role in any capacity that I've had at USF and prior. Um, so that's, that's how, that's my take on networking. Uh, I don't personally just call people just to call people out of the blue. I don't, I don't believe in that. Um, I believe in if I'm calling someone it's because number one, I may know someone that is connected to them. Um, number two, have a question that I've been ref that someone has told me call this person because they may be able to help you in kind of your thought process through it. And so that's really my two ways of connecting with people. Uh, I've also served in different capacities outside of just my institution. And so that's also helped with uh, my network and that you've got to be willing to volunteer and step out of your comfort zone and do things that maybe others are not willing to do or just don't do uh, to also boost your, your networking ability. Well, and, and you mentioned the genuine piece and I, I think it's a great point to touch on because following up is, is just as much as important as the reach out is, right? And, and Michael, as you've gone along different, um, you know, steps in your career to follow up with the people that you've met for the first time at an event or whatever it might be, you know, you lander, if you're, you know, just joining an athletic department and you've got to meet all these different people at this, you know, uh, within your first couple of weeks, how do you go about following up? How do you make sure that it's you know, specialized to each individual person as opposed to, 
you know, just thinking about uh, either emailing a mass email or not emailing at all. Um, you know, is it text? Is it phone? Is it, you know, going and visiting by person? What are some of the things that you guys have uh, taken to, to, you know, put in play per se uh, from a follow-up perspective? Well, when you invest the time uh, and, and you advance in your career uh, and in years, uh, it becomes a little more challenging to, to network, but it's really, um, I don't look at it, um, I just look at it as a, as a chance to really connect with what you hope are friends or great constituents. But it does take it does take some effort, particularly when you get up to near 50, like I, I am now. You keep meeting people and you keep adding things on there. So you know, it, it it takes being in communication again back to where I feel it's revel, relevant. Uh, folks that I've worked with in the past, maybe it's a certain time of year or a certain time of year where you know they're dealing with something. It's the perfect time to reach out in a text or a call just to check on how they're doing. Coaches I've worked with before, whether they're at USF or at other places, you know, congratulating them after that win or tough break after something tough might have happened for them. You know, you just kind of find ways to, uh, to connect by phone, uh, by text, by social media, just any way I can to, uh, frankly, when they come to mind, uh, uh, know I'm, let them know I'm thinking about them. And I think that just has a great way, to, great way to reach out. And then, of course, holidays, birthdays, other things give you an opportunity to, again, to, to wish them well also. So it takes a little bit uh, extra couple hours out of your week to, to, to do that and, and, and match up with people. But uh, again, it comes to a point where it's just, uh, it's not work. It's, it's just, you're, you're keeping in touch with your friends. Sure. And you, Lander, I mean, you've got a, a probably a, a decent follow-up system given your, your role in development and, and dealing with donors and fundraisers. Yeah. Well, I tell you, my, my Rolodex is not as big and deep as Michael's right now, but uh, I certainly... You're a lot younger. You're a lot younger. <laughs> Only about time. Yeah, but I, 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 would, I would say one of, the, one of the things that I have um, tremendously learned, I would say being in development for sure, is knowing, like I know who my friends are and I kind of know how they like to be communicated to. And so, you know, so... It, the athletic directors, for example, that are in my network that I know, of course I could call them, but probably a lot of people are probably just trying to call them. So for those that are older than me, I typically send them a letter because that will kind of stand out to them and they will typically respond to me either via a letter or a text. And so, and it's just a quick hitter, just to, to Michael's point, just trying to let them know when they come top of mind that's when I try to do it. Okay. Now my friends who I would, who I look at that are probably in my age group, those are folks that I text with. So that's really what I would say, kind of knowing who your friends are and knowing the, the audience and maybe what they're maybe used to or like to, how they like to receive communication is what I dive into a lot more. And quite frankly, it's helped. It helps a lot in the development space that we're in is really knowing who's in your portfolio and how they like to be communicated to. So I kind of try to take that mindset of when I'm reaching out to my network of people as well. Well, and when you think about, you know, the, the back and forth from a networking perspective, how do you know when to leverage the relationship, right? It's obviously networking is a two-way street in terms of developing relationships, but you know, at what point do you know that, Hey, it's okay to reach out to this person for help or, Maybe I've asked them for too many things and they haven't asked anything of me. 
you know, do you keep kind of a, a tally per se or, or kind of that thought in the back of your head of, man, I haven't, I haven't asked this person for something in a while, or maybe, you know, you're going to them too much. Well, I'll let you Lander, maybe talk to it from a pure development standpoint, but from, for me, from a, you know, either professional development or a personal standpoint, I don't, I don't keep, keep score. I mean, it, it's, it's not about that. It's, it's if when you're trying to, again, back to being authentic and if you can help somebody when they need help, you help them. If somebody reaches out to you that, that now that I've had a couple more years under my belt and they want to hear about my journey or get some advice, I'm happy to give it, uh, you, you know, and, and I think in turn, uh, when you need help or advice with something, I think that's where my network comes out the most. It's not a favor by any means. It's more a matter of, hey, I value your expertise and your viewpoint on this. And what do you think about this? And, uh, you know, it kind of kind of leads to that. So if you've developed relationships and network correctly, then it's 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 again, it comes about authentically and and it's just a healthy uh, relationship. And if it's if it's not a win win, then it's it's really not a, a true authentic relationship. Yeah, I agree with Michael 100% on that. And I would speak to uh, people understanding that people want to help each other. And so we, we have to be, we have to keep in mind that uh, if you're networking with people to get a job, you know, that's, that's not really networking from my perspective. I mean, if you're, you're networking with people to create a relationship. And I think that's where people need to really have the mindset of, if you're trying to network with someone, network with the mindset of creating a relationship with them. And over time, as that relationship evolves, then asking for favors, does it, it, just, it just comes up naturally in conversation in terms of uh, if you're needing help. Um, too many people, I think, do try to network to just get jobs. Um, and if that's the, and typically that's probably the whole concept behind why networking has become so big is because people are networking to find ways to move up in different industries and get jobs as opposed to networking to create uh, genuine relationships with people. Well, when hey, I'll, I'll just add on to that though. I mean, when you talked earlier, Jake, about, um, you know, when people are looking for that next job, I, I would really caution people getting started in, in the businesses that, Hey, the best way to take care to get that next job is to, again, to have a great reputation and to be able to deliver people in a conscientious and authentic way. And two, take care of your business right now. Do the job you've got now exceedingly well and as a great teammate. And that word's going to kind of per percolate. Then when, the, when, when an opportunity opens, you'll know about it or someone's going to make you aware of it. But if you're not taking care of business with what you're doing right now, you're not going to be ready for it to, to, to take advantage of the next thing. So I think sometimes in some cases, sometimes people are a little bit kind of like a kind of like that person at a cocktail party that's kind of looking over the shoulder of the person they're talking with uh, to see who's around the back. You got to be present in where you are, uh, be authentic in that situation, and, and take care of your business there. Do your job, like the famous coaching cliche is, and and good things will happen. No, that's a great point. And and when you think about the network that you guys have both cultivated, it had to have started somewhere, right? So it didn't just magically appear. You didn't magically you know, have all the right contacts or the right relationships that you've developed over time. Um, if you're starting from scratch and you don't know anyone, you don't know Adams from Apple, where do you start? How do you do it? Um, what, what do you think you can utilize, whether it's LinkedIn, social media, you know, you Lander, you mentioned handwritten notes, right? To kind of stand out. What are some of the things that you would suggest to those who 
might be your entry level employees. They don't know anyone yet, but they were, you know, fortunate enough to get an internship or, or a job. Yeah. If, if I can start this one off, I would say my experience coming into this industry, I did, I did not know anyone because I came from the private sector. And so um, the way that I built my network was initially volunteering on the professional organization. And when I volunteered for the professional organization, there were events and different things of that nature that people needed help um, doing. And so that really, for me in this industry, was the step for me to uh, connect and communicate, network with people. So I would, I would always say for people coming into this business, volunteer for roles or volunteer to do things that are outside of your lane or outside of what you typically are dealing with on a day-to-day basis uh, because you'll get to know those people kind of in your niche field day-to-day simply through uh, maybe chat boards or um, other communication mechanisms that's really specifically focused on people in your niche space but if you're truly trying to expand that network I would definitely say volunteer yourself to do things in spaces where you're not operating on a day-to-day basis. It, number one, gets you connected to more people, but number two, expands your uh, learning capabilities, your education on the entire industry organization that you're involved with. Michael, you mentioned you started out in ticket sales and uh, clearly you haven't ended up there, right? But you had to have kind of learned uh, from others along the way in the sense of different areas of the business, you kind of mentioned you, you like to be proficient in a, as many different areas as possible. When you think about if you, you know, if you were in grad school right now and you weren't necessarily sure what you wanted to do, but you're able to utilize maybe some relationships or referrals from other people to find out what you might like more than others, how, how would you go about networking to better educate yourself on, on how to kind of direct your career path to some extent? Well, my experience was in many ways similar to what Yolander just described. I, when I got involved into pursuing a, a sports administration type career, I, I didn't know a soul in the business. No one in my family had ever been involved in it. And I really hadn't done as much of it as a volunteer in my undergraduate years as I would like to have in, in retrospect. Um, so so I, I did it. Um, like you said, the only job I could get, I, I put everything in my car uh, and, and I, I drove, literally drove up to what was then Joe Robbie Stadium. I, the Marlins were about to start their first year in a couple months. And I just said, what can I do? And they literally put me in this closet and we were, we were making cold calls about selling tickets. And so that's, that's how I got in. And then I learned some of the ticket operations stuff and, and all the other things. But again, it was just, that was the way to get the foot in the door. And, and from there, it was all about uh, very much what Yolander said. Even when I wasn't working for the Marlins, the, the graduate program I went to, we were able to volunteer for anything. I volunteered at Hurricanes games. I volunteered at the Coconut Groves Arts Festival, at the Senior PGA Tournament, at the tennis tournament. Didn't matter. I just wanted to see every – I just was a sponge. I try to – just like you have gym rats or folks out there that, that perfect their, their sport, I was kind of like a, a sponge as it relates to sports administration. I, I couldn't get enough of it. And so for a couple of years there, I just did anything and everything, mostly unpaid, some low pay. Uh, but it was just uh, in time, it made me learn a lot of things and allowed me to uh, uh, to kind of grow that, you know, grow that network and then fall into what I told you before. Then it just became a matter of uh, reputation, learning things and everything else. I guess what I would do now is that there weren't there weren't nearly as much specialization and extra uh, professional development opportunities then as there are now. So I, I would I would take the same approach as 
it relates to networking and work ethic and, and trying to have a varied uh, background because I believe in that. But uh, but now there's there's so many other ways to get that, whether it's through the different associations that Ulander has spoken of, whether it's so many uh, uh, different um, you know, platforms like, like we have now with social media. There's so much more information out there than there was 25, 30 years ago uh, that you can become a, a much better technical learner now than you could have uh, back then. So uh, I would be looking to take, take the same approach that I took, but then just be looking to take full advantage of, of everything at, at our disposal nowadays with, uh, with just the specialization of the, of the industry now. Well, and in terms of informational interviews and the ability to uh, access people through LinkedIn and, and others that you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the ability to connect with someone for even 15 to 20 minutes, do a little bit of research, uh, ask some, you know, educated, uh, smart questions. When you think back to kind of all the questions that we've, we've talked through today, um, what would your one aha moment be as you've gone through? It could be at the beginning, it could be right now, in terms of what you've uh, really uh, learned about networking um, that maybe we haven't touched on uh, so far? Um, I don't know if I had an aha moment. I guess I've always just kind of looked at when I get back to the experience you had as an intern or volunteer or any job that you've had, um, you can learn from everybody and you can learn good things. You can learn maybe some not so good things, but you can also evaluate those traits, good or bad, and figure out what might work and be authentic to you. Um, so for instance, I've had the great fortune of, of working directly for and with, you know, working for about a dozen just, just great, almost legendary people in the sports industry, but I've worked alongside hundreds of people that ultimately probably will be legends in the, in the sports industry. But again, just being able to observe them and to, to don't miss a beat, you can, you can learn something from, uh, from just each, each and everything. So uh, and if I see something that I like or want to learn more about, then that's someone I might, I might ask that person about that, or I might uh, try to emulate that if I think it's a, it's a natural fit for me. So again, back to being a sponge, uh, that was kind of the aha moment. Uh, uh, my aha moment speech that I can keep thinking of is that uh, really came from my father who never worked in sports, although I think he would have liked to. He, he encouraged me very much to do something I had a passion for and I love because frankly, while he had a very accomplished career, I know he didn't really enjoy it. And, uh, and I said, hey, I remember distinctly right before, uh, uh, right before college, I think, and said, hey, dad, you know, you know everyone's going to work hard and be conscientious. He said, you should just be consistently conscientious with the term he used. And I use it a lot now. And I was like, oh, come on, dad, everybody does that. And he said, look, I'm just telling you, they don't. <laughs> uh, not everyone is going to keep going, keep showing up to work every day on time, be a good teammate and keep putting out good times and bad. And you'll just be surprised at how many people will, to use the current vernacular, more like peace out on it, and they're not going to follow through. And unfortunately, it's, it happens to be, to be true. <laughs> uh, I think if you, can, if you can be, again, back to being consistently conscientious and being a good partner, a good teammate, uh, again, good things will happen. Andrew, any last thoughts as we wrap up the episode? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Michael hit a lot of it, truly. I mean, it's about being a good partner and being a good teammate. Um, for me, I, 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 I don't necessarily, I, I'm a, I look at people, I'm in a value, I just watch people a lot. So, you know, 
Michael's my Michael's my boss. He may not know this. He may be finding this out for the first time. I watch Michael a lot, <laughs> but 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 I, I I watch people a lot and their demeanor and how they how they handle things, their approach to different things. I, that's just kind of what I do, and so I take that um, I take that from a lot of different people um, to find the best of them and find the things that I don't like, the things that I do like, the things that I um, feel are would be really um, positive as I continue to kind of look at where what I what I'd like to aspire to be um, and how dealing with people. So I think that's that's something to learn. I don't I don't ever say that I want to be like somebody else. I, I think you just take pieces that fit you or that you like, and if you can use them to your strengths, then you use them, and uh, and you use that to become a better better at everything that you're doing. Um, when it comes to networking, I'm a strong believer in trying to establish just a good relationship with people, not not trying to get something out of someone as part of your networking strategy. It's all about being a, establishing a good relationship and uh, that's really my, my, my whole focus because when it comes down to it if you have a good relationship with somebody they will want to help you and they will be there for you in in any capacity that you may wind up asking if it comes to a point in time where you need to ask for a favor no you, you both couldn't have said it any better and, and certainly appreciate your time thoughts advice and insights and I um, want to thank you both for spending some time with us on the uh, Life in the Front Office partnership with University of South Florida's Vinick uh, Sport and Entertainment Management Program presenting uh, the Sports Biz Building the Next Gen series. So, Michael, Ulander, appreciate it and uh, enjoy. <laughs>